What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. It's Formlessness Podcast. Thanks. I'm clipping. Um, Thanks for listening. And um, this is uh, the episode with Louis de Baricua. Baricua. Louis de Baricua. Um, Spelling? Question mark? Pronunciation? Spelling check? Test check? Pronunciation? Spelling, pronunciation, pronunciation, spelling check. Um, this is a great episode. It was recorded during the absolute peak of the Pisces full moon. So think about that while you're listening. Um, also, the show is basically officially started now for the first time. And it's about taking about three or four years to fully get going. And um, I'm very, very honestly excited to i'm so i'm so excited to 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 bring this news to you that the podcast of Hormosis is up and running and the patreon is there and what you get and i'm doing a great job with this ad so listen this is thanks for listening to the podcast if you want to see the video of this subscribe to the patreon if you want to hear if you want to download and fully hear the track that's playing right now um and have that all for yourself to do whatever you like with go subscribe to the patreon if you want to hear bonus episodes that are really crazy and really where i'm telling you the real stuff and they're doing the real deal and all the stuff that you don't even know it's so dope and crazy holy shit but subscribe to the patreon give me money please um also thank you so much to louis for being on the show and doing the show louis de baricuela 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 um i just want to say that making funny sounds with your voice and doing talking in funny ways is a beautiful thing and there's a lot of stuff going on um where people sort of are afraid of talking in a silly way because they don't want to do some sort of racist accent or cultural appropriation and i just gotta say if you're if you're feeling sort of uh unsafe in those waters and you i'm fucking not recording am i seriously not recording any of this you fucking kidding me okay i was recording uh so we're back and i just want to say that uh um using using talking funny ways using funny voices is, is really like one of the best things uh to do for health and joy and um energy regeneration and processing emotional processing and for me when i talk in my funny voice yeah sometimes it's it's influenced by wanting to do an australian accent or a british accent but um or a, or an italian accent um there are these sort of things that my voice does naturally that sort of sounds like some of these other accents but it's really um i guess the point i'm trying to make is like you can do or say or sound however you like it has nothing to do with cultural 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 appropriation or um racists being unless of course you are doing it in a way that has an intention of being racist 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 or doing it in a way that that is intentionally um sort of feeding off of these uh 
objectifying uh, stereotypes. But that's different than expressing an energy that might sound like a stereotype if you're doing it from a place of your own expression. And that is the clear boundary between things, and that is my clear stance. Um, and I'll reiterate it again one last time before we jump into things. It's, you can do whatever you want. There's no need to uh, temper your self-expression. The only thing that keeps the good good and the bad bad is your own attention. And it's as simple as that, and it's not confusing, and it's not hard to understand or tune into, and you can be confident in expressing yourself. Even though it is scary knowing that all these people are so sort of fucked and reactive to any given thing and and you might be the brunt of their anger for expressing yourself, but that's okay. Just know that uh, there's nothing wrong with self-expression. There's nothing wrong with being silly. There's nothing wrong with talking in a funny way. Um, yeah, love you. Thanks for listening. This is a really interesting, cool, fun, beautiful episode. Um, again, it was recorded during the Pisces full moon, so I am sort of fully in my Pisces state of mind. And yeah, I love you so much. Thanks so much for listening. It's been such a fun time recording this intro. <laughs> okay, bye. Well, whenever you're ready. Yeah, yeah. All right, you sit here. Alright, there's water for you there. Oh, wow, nice. Speedy water, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the unofficial sponsor <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Haven't received uh, communication from them yet or money from them, but <laughs> it is the sponsor nice. for this episode. Well, you know, <laughs> we start small and, you know, and maybe put out the frequency, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. The Fiji frequency. Yeah. I read somewhere that this is actually the best water for you. Oh, yeah? Like, it has... Because if it has too much alkaline, it's too, uh, um... Not so great. Really? But this has, like, just amount of minerals. Yeah? Because minerals are also important. I don't know if you watch that Netflix thing. Uh, yeah. With, uh... Zach Efron. And he talked about... Really? The, I think it was I don't him. know about this. Yeah, but but water's water has to be have those mineral qualities. So yeah, I never thought about too much pH because like I'll get the pH water uh-huh. every once in a while, drink it, and feel like I really feel it. You do? Yeah. Oh, cool. But then if I keep drinking it, I don't feel it, and it starts to like taste yeah. weird. So that makes sense. Yeah. Well, cool place you have here, man. Very nice. Thanks. I see. Uh, a tech lover for sure. A lot of cool things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I like get a cool visuals, got cool keyboards. Yes. <laughs> you got headphones there if you want to hear the keyboard. Oh, oh yeah. It's up to your Let's choice. See. I don't know. Can can you hear it when you play it? Yeah. Oh well. That's your level over there on that knob if you want to turn it up. Oh nice. Right here. Oh right here? Yeah, but the knob closest to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. So, uh, this is like you're waiting for someone who has musical talent or something, right? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm forcing everyone who doesn't have musical talent to uh, 
to play. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I went on your Instagram. I noticed you, you just launched this thing, huh? And, and it, it, you know, I, uh, I think it's kind of cool because part, um, part of my grassroots efforts um, on my journey to become Los Angeles mayor is to um, work with real people who, are the, who are, can now be the media, you know, to bring information directly to the people that's without any alternative interests. Yes, that's great. Yeah, so that's I, exactly what I want to do. Yeah, so this is this is really cool, and I know I've tried to start many things in my own life, you know, and I know the type of encouragement that you need and the type of tenacity that you need, like you really need a belief in what you're doing, and yeah, and uh, yeah. I guess I'm honored to to have been given this opportunity to, for your podcast so thank you oh thank you thank you so much i've actually been doing this for a while like three years or so mm -hmm. but i was in this situation where i care very much about being transparent and honest mm -hmm. about as much as i can mm -hmm. um but i experienced a lot of uh sort of kickback for doing that where the things i would talk about mm -hmm. and the honesty i would share would not I don't know, it just kind of created the opposite effect that I wanted yeah. because there's like too much, I think too much societal pressure in some areas yeah. to be able to talk openly about things and uh, mm -hmm. even just be interested in the idea of right. transparency. Well, you know, when, I, I'll tell you one thing that I have learned about um, this act of being transparent. I'm, I haven't always, because I grew up... In a in a household where I was always in trouble for doing something, you know, so I it wasn't something that I grew up with. It was transparency because I I didn't ever want my parents to know what I was doing, you know. Yeah, right, right. And and I think and, and my parents were very everything was scary in the world to them. So yeah, if they knew, you know, what I was really doing, I'd, I'd never be able to do, able to do anything. So right. You know, it's like a childhood long habit, and to break out of it, and to to know, I get. I guess when I started getting into art, I started to see uh, transparency is a form of exposition, right? Yes. A and bringing it, um, bringing the transparency in context, and and not always out of context, because because it could be confusing if you if the audience isn't if you don't have a clear narrative. For yeah. your transparency, then yeah. it could seem a little jarring, actually. So it's an art form. Yes, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I've also, yeah, I've been sort of uh, making episodes and then taking them offline. Yeah, as a means of kind of clearing the buildup of uh, negative context that I have personally that I am using uh -huh. transparency to work through. Well, this part of the learning process is is knowing how. Really, everything that you do is an art, you yeah. know. And yeah. um, you know, as a teacher who learned art through teaching, I realize that you know the mystery of art is what engages people, and and it has to be done well. To and and you making these mistakes is part of your journey because it's just learning. It's not even a mistake. It's part of your evolution. I say. Yeah. 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 Thanks. I yeah, appreciate keep it. Keep going, man. Nice. Yeah. I will. I, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. I got like one more month's rent before I got to 
get a job unless I can start making money with this. So, <laughs> audience, listen, if you want to see the video of this, uh, subscribe to the Patreon, all right? It's 10 bucks a month. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, is it, what is the Patreon exactly? Uh, well, I'm still kind of trying to work it out a little bit, mm-hmm. but it is essentially like the video feed of this show uh-huh. will be on there. Okay. Um, also, like all the archives of the past three years of all the experimental different stuff I've done uh-huh. in terms of interviewing and just sharing. How are you cinematically? How are you shooting it to engage your viewers? Are you are you zooming in? Are you editing? Because I noticed you had a very wide angle, and and because it's tough. To, even the video podcast is like a video podcast, right? So, yeah. um, I think. Uh, I think uh, you know, it's there's so much information out there. You know, um, mm. you really had to, really have to like find a, like um, a really differentiating factor. You know, and I think this yeah. transparency thing, and is, you know, and, and being like a little mini CNN. You know, kind of yeah. like finding out real information and. I'm a real person. I'm right here. So let's talk. Yeah, I, can, uh, <laughs> I can vouch for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess my, what I have, I'm like live switching between the angles here. Okay. Wow. Between, uh, yeah. I figure Whoa, it's. That's a cool tool. What, what is that? This, this is a Adam Mini. Uh-huh. Another sponsor to, of the show. Uh, it's like a four channel HDMI switcher. Oh, nice. And. I've seen one of those. Yeah. I feel like I'm. St- you know, the editing isn't the best. It isn't as good as if I edit it. But later. it's live, though, right? It's live. It's way less work for me. It's way better for me to be able to just kind of, like, make the whole thing in the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm digging that, for sure. Yeah. So this I'm switching through the angles, and then my plan is to, like, clip, have little clips of the So video. is there a camera over here? Yeah. Oh, right, that one. That's your... Uh, oh, nice. That's your angle, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, my plan is to, you know, clip little pieces of this, put it on YouTube and stuff, put it out for free, sort of get people into maybe wanting to pay to see the full thing. Then the audio only will be free as well, just as a normal podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I think as you go along, you'll you'll do discovery on what is the work of reality that people will pay for, you know. And yeah. You had, you know, you really, yeah, I find out with these things, like, you really got to find out, you know, your little niche and, and then your little niche who's going to pay. And um, in a way, you know, this is something that should be supported, in my opinion, by somehow through, you know, somehow that structure has to exist for people to be able to do this and and for for the best information dispensers, right, the, the media, the grassroots media yeah the ones that have the best most organized content you're obviously very organized and, and you got a lot going on here <laughs> thank you um so technically you got everything and you know it doesn't seem like um you know it seems like i, w- I wish that for, for citizens you know that now that i'm here i'm, I'm like thinking out loud like it'd be cool to be able to support this to be able to support people who who have, you know, this authentic calling to be the media. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, the interesting thing is for the first time I was able to, like, qualify for unemployment. 
mm-hmm. through this pandemic, which is a start to that. Whereas like artists are recognized as as it being a job for right, the right. first time, which is kind of a step in the in that direction. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think the stuff I consume in terms mm-hmm. of media uh, is mostly like hosted on Patreon or other like pay. Mm-hmm. where you pay the the creator to access mm-hmm. the content because as far as like even entertainment goes i can't watch i haven't been able to watch movies or tv for a few years because i'm like so passionate about it mm-hmm. uh but when i watch all this stuff all i see is that it's a formulaic sort of contrived effort to appeal to certain demographics Mm -hmm. and the characters and the stories and everything is so limited by what people think is acceptable or okay or sellable or Mm -hmm. any of this stuff so as far as like like standard media consumption or public media i don't know of anything that i watch or consume at all other than like these specific niche yeah privatized things yeah, it, it's a, uh, you know, it's like, I always think of it as like, we're our, we're like these human beings, very advanced creatures who eat, drink, and true, recharge, true. and yes. we have these eyes and these ears, and we have like surround sound, we have, these are our cameras, right? Yeah. And whatever we consume in terms of on the screen, what we see. It becomes a reality, you know. So when 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 you start seeing that news, um, what's interesting about the news is that you know there are corporations that are behind that news that have an agenda about what they want you to see, Mm -hmm. and so that's part of media literacy is knowing that. But but um, you know, I know people who watch the news and they consider that the delivery of that information to be the the truth. real reality the truth right yeah, yeah. And, um, and i think that's where we run into problems is that you know we have these new characters who um they're just being authentic and people sense that and they're like i like i like that person because they're authentic and at least i'm getting something real right yeah i don't care what they think or what they, but, but that's real right yeah yeah and so because that is sort of able to be sensed by anyone, no matter what kind of person you are. People, mm-hmm. there is some sort of like innate instinctual uh, communication that happens when someone's actually being genuine, right? Regardless of what they're genuine about is true or <laughs> they not. They could be miseducated and ill-informed and right. never read a book and say right. whatever they want, you know. And right. if they're being genuine, that's more appealing than someone who they know is full of it. Yeah, yeah. So that that you know, that's sort of one of these things we don't, you know, we don't really value in modern politics. Like, well, I think we start to value it more now that post pandemic, right? People, you know, part of uh, being someone who's going to be signing up to run for Los Angeles mayor. Yes. um, I see these people. Oh, thank you. I see these people who, you know, they're out there campaigning and doing stuff, and uh, um, but without really 
you know, that there, if things aren't resonating with the people, the people are letting them know, like, that's not cool, go away, <laughs> you know. And I yeah. think I don't, I don't see uh, um, how they can recover from that in a way because some of the ideas they've introduced have been so far from, you know, and, and authentic <laughs> enough to really compel anyone and but so then you get to wonder like well you know the, um what is um what is going to work now you know and, yeah and so the the concept that that um i've come up with is, is the idea that uh, um be transparent be yourself um there is a perfection in that yeah right yeah um the real issue becomes when someone else doesn't find it perfect right yeah and so that's when you say that's when you begin to tell a story right yeah is is when when someone sees you know your your uh your sort of forgiveness of self right because that's what it takes to be transparent is you have to say hey you know i know i'm not perfect for many people Right, and I, I've seen myself imperfect for for so long, but I've I've right. come to do this because there's a purpose behind my transparency. And it's a political one. Yeah, and not everyone else, not everyone has to do it, but I am going to do it because I think I would know how, and I think that's what people kind of need now. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because regardless, the sort of avenues between the public and the state or the government are more open and more mm. direct than they've ever been mm. you know so the people have more of a voice i yeah. think and because of that there's a higher level of uh yeah genuinity and realness that needs to come from the politicians yeah. and the people in power yeah, it's hard because they have a culture, you know, they have a culture of, um, of like, you know, a friendship already, you know, like people who are like council member who has relationships with these constituents, and these people who have given money, yeah. and so you don't know really who they're obligated to, and um, that's kind of tough because... You know, when you when you have a vision for the people, right? You have to be able to proceed in the best interest of the people, but at the same time collaborate and explain yourself clear enough so so you can work with everyone. But you but you have you have to be clear and, and articulate things so people know it's not about them. That yeah, you disagree with them, right? But it's not really about hurting your feelings. It's about creating a path for for success yeah yeah that's something that blew me away about you the other day at this rap party Uh uh your ability to communicate with all sorts of kinds of people in that way that remains true and and Mm -hmm. authentic to yourself but without yeah inciting those those reactions right right people yeah yeah and, and it's a uh, um, maybe it comes from watching so many movies, because I, when I hear good dialogue, I always think, 
why is that so good? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And then I think about it, and I ask myself, how could I talk like that? You know, how could I be, you know, that clear, that clever, that, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the guy from Pulp Fiction, like the wolf man, he, you know, they're all nervous and doing all this stuff, and he's like, well, you got to do this, this. And he just breaks it down, <laughs> makes it simple, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, these movies, they kind of teach us about... You know, the dark side of the world, the teaches dialogue, they inspire us with stories like Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, you know, that whole Disney princess uh, who who ends up with Marcel Wall- Marcel's Wallace and, and, and then he, she's like a failed actress and she was sold a dream that didn't exist and you see her in pain and John Travolta has to take her out and... Yeah. And so you kind of see sort of Quentin Tarantino channeling these things, whether he's doing it consciously or not. It's just really interesting. Yeah. 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 And he's one whose voice uh, seems to have remained strong enough to not be super influenced by the political correctness or status quo right. sort of. You know, shit it's funny because when I used to live in the Los Feliz, I went to go see Kill Bill 2 at the Arclight Theaters and. I, re- I, re- um, I was watching Kill Bill 2, and I guess it was sitting right in front of me the day it was released. Uh, Quentin Tarantino? Quentin Tarantino, yeah. Damn. And, and, and uh, he, was, he was laughing, and he, he was looking at the audience. And it wasn't that full. The theater wasn't that full because it was the middle of the day. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, um, and uh, and when he went to the bathroom, I followed him. <laughs> And I said hi to him, you know. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of that was that was me, kind of like. Uh, and he was really nice, you know. He was nice to me, even in the bathroom, <laughs> which which I'm sure happens to him a lot. But but yeah, uh, but it's that uh, I, you know he's he's sort of completing the full cycle of making this thing, but not breaking himself off from the public or the people. Yeah, um, and not creating sort of like a one way or imbalanced. Right, right. I mean, the media, I think sometimes he, he's, you know, like he says, uh, well, I disagree with your thesis, and, and it's like headlines, like, oh, he said I disagree with your thesis, you know. He, he's a bad man, but, but what's the big deal about that? Yeah. I mean, I disagree. I mean, a disagreement? <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, uh, um, but, but I, I'm just talking about how he's portrayed, you know, you should be able to, yeah. That shouldn't be a headline, like, I disagree with your thesis. Like, it, I guess it paints him, yeah. someone could read that and, and not even read the article and think, oh, he, he disagreed with the thesis, you know, like, big deal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's a good guy, you know, he's, uh, well, from what I met him, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think it's, it's cool, like, Albert Hitchcock, he puts himself in his movies sometimes, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you have you made movies? You have, yeah. Well, yeah, I taught filmmaking for uh, for a few years, and but you know, it's just like performing art schools, and I, and I learned how to make movies in the process um, while I was teaching, and I learned how to write dialogue and do all these things. But first ten films I made, you know, every time you make a f- a film, uh, you, you know, you think you always think you're better than you are. Boy, oh boy, do I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, like, the first 10 films I made, I was just like, damn, it's not really turning out quite that good, you know? Yeah. Second 10, I was just like, 
you know, not that good, but but better, technically better, like sound and and then the last ten I made started improving. Where I was like, well, I'm kind of happy with how I'm directing, how I'm lighting the scenes, my cinematography, my casting, you know. Um, and I would work with with kids to make these films, but I I still was very interested in, in even with our zero budget. I was still interested in doing the best job I could, and and in that process, I got good. I think I got good at where I got pretty good, and then and then I um, yeah, I kind of lost interest, and I thought the real stage of of the world's a stage, and each of us must play a part. Yeah, and I am Los it, Angeles mayor. Yeah, yeah, right, Los Angeles mayor, and on the stage of. Real life, you know, like yeah. Shakespeare said, the world's a stage, and each of us must play our part. Yeah, yeah. And who are you, Colin? <laughs> uh, 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 I'm a guy. You used to be confident. You used to be. Uh, <laughs> you used to why? Well, I feel like I, my confidence and my uh, excitement about acting out. Uh, mm-hmm as if the world was a stage, was not contextualized correctly. Uh-huh. Uh, I was in communities and areas where that sort of idea was uh, squashed. Oh, okay, and, yeah. yeah. Where was that? This was in Washington State, in Colorado. Okay. Um, yeah, I can I, see that happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's happened to me. I mean, yeah, that... It's, that's why it's good to f- fail on a small scale because you just practice for the real thing, you know. And, yeah. And I've had, you know, my journey to into politics has been, you know, very indirect. It's been about being a real person and a real citizen, a teacher for 20 years. You know, um, I work for you, so I do research for, with the homeless for a couple of years. Yeah, we, yeah. I used to write ads for Nike and... Um, mm. I worked for Nissan North America on advanced planning, uh, consumer affairs, and product development. And so that was um, in the legal department. And, and so that was like, a, um, but the most educational and enjoyable has been understanding the human mind through teaching and how education works and, mm. and how, um, how really our educational system has to be completely revamped you know almost from oh scratch my God. yeah and and so it's like we have to take we have a train industrial age train and we have to fix the soul of of our educational system build a new machine that is more relevant and engaging because yeah. i have two sons in LAUSD and it's hard for me to see them you know not quite engaged in in the the f- fun you know, not having as much fun with learning as they could be. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. I really, I think uh, one of the initiatives that Optimistic is going to be coming out with is a nonprofit that I'm going to start before I become LA mayor. Yeah. Is to develop a learning management system that's game-based, mixed reality. Nice. Uh, with, um, th- with NFT art to fund it. That's, so, that's amazing. So, yeah, yeah. So that's one of the things that, um that the transforming education and making it engaging um for yeah. everyone for everyone because 
it's all about my you know just from what I learned is education is all about resonance what resonates with you right and if whatever resonates is going to engage you yes. right and in software can find that out just with memes you can find out through memes what resonates and right. then you, and you can course. take that information and you and if they like that then you you find out what resonates and you can create worlds that engage whoever Right, because there's segments of learners. There's like autistic kids. There's kids who are, who have a little bit trouble focusing, and they might need a little bit more physical activities to get the energy out. Right. Right. Because it's hard sitting in classroom for them. I can't sit in a meeting for half an hour. You know, yeah. imagine poor kids six hours a day sitting down, shut up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. So much pent up energy. So yeah. much. Sort of. I mean, to me, from my perspective, the current education system just deprograms people from learning how to learn, mm-hmm. learning how to be in contact with what resonates for them. It's just right. like all exactly the same. Yeah. You learn how to be robotic and boring and not listen to your emotional intelligence and just like do things mm-hmm. in the constricted, set up way. Right. But, but the essence of, of learning is is fun. Yeah. You know, it really is. Well, I have a, fr- a friend who told me um, everybody likes to learn, uh, not everybody likes to be taught, right? Yeah, I, so, I feel that. But but we learn that we don't like to learn because of how we learned, <laughs> you know? Yeah, how we so, learn to learn. Yeah. yeah, so we think that learning is a bad thing. Yeah. And uh, it's actually, you know, it, all, like what you've been through, like you've been learning outside the classroom about, how to do what you do, right? And and yeah. if that could be supported with some teaching and with some, you know, a, a design, the community too. Yeah. Because that's how you learn from other people. Like you might see someone who is way better, right? You might say, yeah. well, what are they doing? You know, how can I do what they're doing? And no matter what, you're not going to be just like each other and you're going to be your own thing no matter what. Yeah. And there's yeah. room for everyone to of do course. what they yeah. want because it's always going to be different. Yeah. Everyone is, is exactly. unique. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I've kind of like, uh, you know, I've I'm, I got all the technical aspects going, mm-hmm. but my social uh, development has been stunted because I feel like my commitment to doing this Mm-hmm. has not had a there's no one else i mean that's why i, I so what do you want here, what do you okay let's uh <laughs> what is it that you i'm curious though because like how do you want to approach what is it that you want to focus on like um in mm-hmm. on your show well the original conceit of the show mm-hmm. uh is this show is called formlessness formlessness okay yeah welcome welcome everyone thanks <laughs> for being here thanks for listening <laughs> uh the original conceit was for it to be ever-changing and not necessarily nailed down to a specific subject matter. Mm. And also for it to... I'm a big, like, improv comedy guy. Mm. So my idea was to have it be sort of improv-focused, but also not devoid of serious matters or, um, right, right. you know, other stuff. And just to naturally flow with the conversation. Like a rapper, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good uh, job rapping at the party, by the way. The, you know, the other day we were at that party and you did it. You know, I, I, liked, I liked how you just went with it because I know she put you on the spot, right? That's true. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's my go-to line. 
Nice, nice. I'm the dopest rapper alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the thing is, you know, I also, you know, uh, we, maybe we were talking about this at that same party as well, but I, I, I personally, going back to what we were talking about, genuinity, that's the stuff that resonates with me and what turns me off on a lot of podcasts or shows is when I can sense that sort of underlying anxiety about like the fear of dead air mm-hmm. or the need to sort of always be performative. Right. Um, and that's something that I wanted to uh, not do. Right. But then it creates this sort of paradox where uh, I accept that. I don't try to fill that air necessarily when I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of like a non-host, I would say. Right. Um, but then, you know, it is true. It's not necessarily good content. People don't like it that much, you know? Well, I don't know. I, I just think that you know, I went through all these stages as a filmmaker. Like, I wanted to make stuff that was different, alternative, whatever. And ultimately, in the end, you know, you know when you get to be an artist... You, with an audience because art becomes relevant with an audience right yes yes and so you got to know who your audience is and how you keep their attention i taught middle school and so you know my audience is very add so the films i made were very add mm-hmm. you know to keep the to keep the attention of 2000 middle schools right so yeah it's it's not an easy thing especially when they're watching so many movies so in the end you know as in our journey to become an artist, we want to be against inauthenticity, the editing or whatever, the manipulations that go on. But ultimately, you got to be able to deliver something that is, you know, that people can sit down and listen to. Yeah. And, and yeah. that is your growth as an artist is to know that this is really isn't about you and what you want. This is about your understanding wow. of, 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 the art form that you're doing in yeah. your audience and yeah. you had to connect it to. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so true. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, that mindset, I think is, is, um, I think every good artist has that contrarian mindset. Yeah. And, and, and it is part of the, the journey of the caterpillar to become a butterfly, you know, <laughs> yeah, is to have that re- that resistance, yeah. Because then, you, when when you get good, really good, and you you find your rhythm and your your way of being, then you're gonna know. Okay, maybe there's a reason why there is no de- maybe when there is dead airspace, it's calculated. You know, maybe it's like for effect, and you're doing it purposefully instead of just randomly, because. Because you understand, you know, how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. dead air space. <laughs> exactly. So the more aware you are, the better off you are, I think, mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. in your artistry. And uh, um, yeah. but, but on the way there, you know, it's you, you really need, I think everyone kind of needs someone to talk to and needs a test audience and needs to see people giving you feedback and you got to listen to that feedback yeah because you got your own movie going on and then there's other movies going on and if your goal is to get those people to engage with you you got to know what they want right yeah and you got to ask questions like for example you know 
to, we're about to launch uh, Optimistic, and, and like right now, the ad, one of the initiatives we're doing Optimistic is the homeless, right? And yeah, a, and yeah. A, and there have been all these efforts to like get, get parking lots, put sheds in them, tell the homeless to move into the parking lots and the sheds in the middle of San Pedro or whatever. And and that doesn't really resonate with people who are unhoused is moving into a parking lot and, and they're paying $5,000 per parking spot, you know? The, the, so who's really making the money there? The parking lot owner, right? Yeah. So, Damn. So if you don't ask these questions, right? If you don't ask the questions... Right, to, that, the, to, to people directly. Then, then, you, then you're, you're just spending money and... Your organization is getting lots of money, but very little of the money that is donated is getting to the actual person. So how do you, the question is, how do you build an yeah. efficient organization where where what you're doing is, is research? That's one thing I learned working for Nissan is like doing unmet need studies, right? And figuring out what are the unmet needs, what steps do these people need to to be in a better situation in life yeah. and and they, they're the ones that know and if you don't talk to them yeah you just don't know yeah and and in the same way that's just the benefit of being able to take a little bit out of the ego out of what we do is knowing that we do have to ask a lot of questions before we act if we really want to succeed you know yeah yeah that's really true yeah it makes so much. I mean, it's just the uh, the most direct, obvious answer is the best one. Where if you want to help someone, you ask, "How can I help you?" Right, right. <laughs> you don't objectify them or see them right. as just a demographic or something. Right, right. Like you're homeless. You're a homeless person. You know, eat my eat my half eaten sandwich. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I actually I had a um, I, I made a friend. Uh, and and I learned that um, he was about to go destitute, like on the street, because of his t- messy divorce. And uh, the way that just knowing him and him not wanting to be in a bad situation, I uh, bought a van, and I made the first payment. And I said, "Look, start doing deliveries or whatever, and uh, pay for the van." But you know, I'll put the loan in my name. So basically, I spent four hundred and five dollars to to stop a guy from becoming destitute on the street during the COVID, when he couldn't go any place and eat or have coffee anymore. Yeah. And so, I think to end homelessness, it takes um, smart actions. Uh, I mean, imagine paying five thousand dollars for a parking spot per month, right? You, you mean with the thing that I did for $105, I mean, you know, think how many people you could give vans to and they could take over the payments by making deliveries. I mean, you could do smart things with the money that is being doled out now for homelessness, and a lot of that money is just misspent. Yeah. And uh, part of Optimistic is to research what we're going to do and do it correctly, and so one of our initiatives is to create a relationship with, we want to end homelessness in Venice. I'm going to start off by giving them a backpack with the basic needs and then using that backpack to begin a dialogue. Okay, what do you need? And have this sort of, have two angel volunteers to sit with them and fill out a life plan and then and then create a story. And how much does it cost to fund that story to success, 
Right. That's so good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, to get people back in touch with the fact that their brain, what they imagine themselves to be, is right. how you move your life and navigate to create your life. Right, right. But if you're constantly uh, in the midst of chaos and never having your basic needs met, you can't really access that state of mind. And also, you're just, if you have any trauma or any other underlying issues, those are always being triggered. Right. Yeah, because you have people going up to you going, I mean, I've seen, I've been, you know, I live in Venice and have this homeless lady sitting down next to me at this place called The Window by the Paddle Tennis Courts and some guy just comes up and hands her a half-eaten sandwich and then she's like, no, thank you. He's like, you don't want my sandwich? And then he goes back and he tells his family, she doesn't even want my sandwich. It's like, jeez. And so I think... um you see, sometimes, sometimes a person just needs, you know, um, a place to store their things so they don't get stolen. Um, a place, an address, where where to fill out to get benefits and get these stimulus checks. You know, uh, access to a bank account. So actually, with Optimistic, we're going we have a, another initiative. It's a longer-term initiative to um, create our own currency, like sort of Chuck E. Cheese tokens, to um, to uh, create a new economy in the homeless community. That's a great idea. To provide those uh, um, a new narrative uh, that we that could be controlled enough to create a, a culture, a new culture, uh, and. Um, that initiative is called Revolution Nine. Is to create our, uh, our own currency, and uh, uh, unlike other currencies, most currencies, like if you look at um, like uh, um, Ethereum, for example, they half of those I'm thinking about half of those coins belong to the founders. So while the other half goes up and goes up, 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 and up, those founders have are getting rich because they you pick basically created a marketing plan, right? Yes, yes. And half of that is their value. So our idea is non, uh, Optimistic is a nonprofit. We're going to create um, coin that is going to be, it's not, we're not keeping any amounts. We're just going to create a reward system. And we're going to create a system where you can come into the optimistic world and be your own character. And if people buy your merchandise, Right, um, then that half would go to you and half would go to optimistic, which a, a record like a record label takes like an artist like Britney Spears they get seven percent what they make, right, so we would yeah. provide the support, the educational support, and this is way down the line long term vision kind of stuff but but in this new world, it would be possible for someone who really wants to do something to learn how to do it well and succeed. By creating this reward system and the education system behind it, um, but that's 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 called Revolution Nine. It's going to be a long-term initiative, and optimistic is to create this. But initially, we're going to start off with our backpack, optimistic Vita initiative, and our skateboard NFT art initiative to nice. fund this learning management system, gaming learning management system based on video game and skateboard art. Nice. So, so yeah, it's a. Uh, it's uh, it takes a lot of because um, once you get elected mayor, the next month you have to get started. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's yeah. not like 
it's like you have to have a plan when you get there. Yeah. And you got to have the team to do it. Yeah. So the goal with Optimistic is to build the volunteer structure and the, the, tar- the army that's going to help you change things. So nice. that's kind of how uh, my team has helped me approach it. Uh, Elena Marie O'Connor is my uh, coach to, who's been kind of, because I don't have any experience in politics, he's kind of coaching me on how to enter this space so Mm, yeah 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 so nice yeah i was lucky enough to get the instagram los angeles mayor hey that's what sold me (laughs) really yeah really yeah how how did that sell you i mean we were just like talking at this party Uh and you were saying like i'm gonna run for mayor and i wasn't sure like if you were joking or not Uh no offense (laughs) right uh that you know but uh yeah, then you just mentioned that you had uh, that Instagram handle. And to me, whether you're joking or not, I'd vote for a guy who has the real Instagram <laughs> handle. Then I find out you you have this thing, Optimistic, right. which is another name that I really resonate with. And that sort of uh, yeah. sealed the deal, you could say. But yeah, homelessness for me has been like a lifelong theme where all throughout my youth, uh, it would devastate me mm-hmm. seeing homeless people I didn't understand what was going on it really like hurt my emotional system and i think to a certain extent it does to everyone like just having to it doesn't really matter what your perspective on it is whether you think it's you know the person Mm. the homeless person's fault or whatever it doesn't matter the reality is at the end of the day seeing walking down the street and seeing people who are in a horrible state of health because they can't, you know, they're just, in it, 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 it sort of fundamentally changes the context of life for everyone, no right. matter what your status is or anything. You can't ignore that there's just people right. everywhere who are, in, yeah. You know, a classroom is kind of like a little society, right? So um, you imagine having a classroom and saying, okay, these, these, if you do, these two kids are going to be, they're going to have everything, the rest of you guys are going to be, you know, living on the street, you're destitute, right? So what I'm saying is that, is that life is a game. The rules are a game. Everything is a system designed for certain people, right? Yes. Um, one thing I learned just being a teacher and learning about people, I mean, the, all the greatest lessons I learned about life have been being a teacher, right? And failing and, and, and then learning and failing and learning, failing and learning. And when you get into the world of politics... You know, you enter reality because you get you get to be a part of creating the new rules and the realities. I'm going to build a classroom. I want every student to succeed. I don't care what the rules are now. We're going to make it work, right? And what's holding us back? Old rules that old people invented were probably dead now. Yeah. Nothing's holding us back. Nothing, except. Yeah the old rules and the old momentum so the campaign that i will be launching is one about uh, what resonates and obviously the themes are i mean this country really it's not about wall street it's not about all that it's about life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and our country can't succeed um for kids uh think that those people are going to be them one day if they don't do well in school, right? 
the school is no longer relevant and that and it is painful to see that but also there are some deep fears in all of us that geez you know if I didn't have my mom and dad here if I didn't have this person here right it could be me and yeah exactly and, and once you're in it and you're helpless then um it's really the reality is it's really hard yeah so as a teacher my thought is everyone should be okay i'm just a teacher i can't fund it myself but politics can fund it and the money that this city is going to be getting uh is going to be enough for for us to to change the way people live in la and for everyone to be happy and you know i don't believe in taxing the rich i think that a lot of the the uh success that we can have now these new tools like uh, blockchain cryptocurrencies nft art like does it we're going to create this lms with nft we're going to fund it with nft art all those things you know the the money will provide the jet fuel for everyone to fly right but taxing the rich and all those things i think those are cruel ideas and outdated ideas that we don't need anymore yeah wow no people aren't talking about this yeah everyone's like eat the rich eat the rich right and and i I disagree with that i think that you know you can't just take from people because that assumes that the, the government has a plan with that money and you see what they how they spend the money right yeah more tanks <laughs> so that's what i'm saying is like uh ultimately you give it to the school district what are they going to do there's no vision there right i mean i would encourage you know i guess what i'm saying is like you you want to create the structure to receive money and a lot of that could be through wealthy people and you could have a real plan and make it succeed and no one has to get taxed you know just just give it to us if you know we're not going to tax you we just want everyone to be okay and you want to you know you don't have to move to hawaii from california to hawaii to be safe anymore right because <laughs> venice is all these people moving because the cars are getting you know yeah scratched or you know yeah. people are spray painting the cars or yeah we have all kinds of people leaving uh venice beach because of they're scared <laughs> yeah they're scared and and it's just the beginning if it continues to go this way it's just the beginning of, you know, yeah. like a dystopian future yeah. if we don't do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as people continue feeling like there's no connection between themselves and the people who are jacking their cars or doing whatever. Yeah. Like, it's only going to create more of that. Like, mm-hmm. we all need to... I don't know. We all got to realize that we're all, there's no real disconnection between anything. Like, No, no. I mean, it's like that Pink Floyd triangle. You know, you see the white light coming in and the color spreading, right? The universe is, you know, if it, could, if it was all white light, there would be nothing. Instead, we're here, right? Yeah. And everything is kind of like a story, right? And... If you're aware of the story, you can take control of the narrative. If you're not, you're a victim of the narrative, yes, right? Yes, yes. And this is why if you're always in a traumatizing, uh, unsafe situation, you, your brain can't access 
that level of meta-awareness where you can realize that you're directing your narrative of your life. If you're constantly stimulated by chaos, there's no capability right. to function. And that's what the media does. I mean, right now, the whole COVID thing is, is, I mean, the type of things that Biden is doing. It's like, wow, you know, he really did seem like, you know, he was, um, he, he, he seems like he has good intentions. Like, he seems like he's just doing the best he can. Right. Yeah. Yep. But, um, you know, when, when you look at what he's doing, you're like, oh my God, like for real, like is that is that really your decision, Joe Biden? <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, he's a good guy. You know, he has a great life story. He's a great character. Right. Yep. But but you look at what he's doing, and you're like, um, okay. But then you, then you look at someone like Donald Trump. Here's a guy who has even, you know, other ideas and. People are like, well, at least he's real. At least I know what I'm getting. Right. With Joe Biden, it's like, whoa, Joe. Wow, wow. You, you know, so it's just kind of like... Um, it goes to show the power of genuinity, where someone like Donald Trump is more resonant with the people because he's his own man, yeah. whereas someone like Biden is potentially, you know, overcome by the people in the backseat of politics telling right. him what to do, and he's not necessarily his own autonomous person that's my sense at least yeah you know it's funny because when i was in high school i had this art teacher and and you know i remember being in i think ninth grade he came up to me and he said have you ever read a book called the art of the deal you know and i was like no i haven't and he recommended it i went to the like this was in spain you know on the military base school and uh, um i bought the book and I really, for a long time, I was like, don't Trump, you know, art of life and all this stuff. And uh, he was, uh, he was someone who kind of I looked up to for a long time, you know, as a kid, you know, in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, uh, and then I saw how he talked sometimes, and there were like flashes of sort of this greatness of, about Donald Trump mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, yeah, we found out that, that the book was written by... He didn't write the book, really, and all that stuff. Oh, but, really? I didn't know that. But, but anyway, the, the, the point is, like, it was all an illusion, right? And, and anyway, that, that book kind of made him even more famous. And, um, and so uh, here's someone who doesn't read books and, and someone who, um, you know, probably develops his philosophy on the golf course or with his, you know, exclusive set of friends and... Um, he right. know he knows that he can. Uh, he's a smart guy, you know. He, he can play the people. He's he, he could you know walk down and shoot someone, and still be okay, and yeah, that's what he says. And 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 uh, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the artist brainwash. Like he, yeah. he he has no real legitimate art, but but the joke is that he's brainwashing you, thinking it's legitimate art, and you're buying Damn. it because you're buying into the hype. Right. right, but but his name is brainwashed, so that means that he's aware that he's doing yeah. this, which means that it is good. Yeah, it's like intentionally bad art, and, and 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 but he's brainwashed you into paying, you know, a million dollars for it. Right, right, and that's what I'm doing. If you think this show is bad, <laughs> um, but but you know. It, I, I say that because, you know, I, I film a lot of things. And then people have said to me, oh, you like that dude brainwash? And I'm like, well. Yeah, you look similar, if I remember do correctly. I, I, I don't remember what he looks like. Like curly, yeah. gray-black hair. But, but, I mean, someone like that to me is, 
um, I mean, I haven't really followed his work, but the joke is that he's not really an artist. He doesn't have an artist mentality. The joke is that he's conning you into paying a lot of money for his art, and there's a whole culture of people who have been brainwashed into, and, and you know, he's he's extremely successful. Um, I wonder if he's happy, you know? Um, yeah, I... Because in the end, I think... Um, his joke is kind of kind of lame, shitty art. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's sort of like riding the coattails of some other more the real trends, artists. you know. Tre- yeah, and, and so, but you know, whatever a lot, whatever society allows to come into being is legitimate. I mean, if there's energy for that, it, if it's a representative of what our society is accepting right yep and uh you know it was a while back i mean i'm someone like you know i mean banksy an authentic artist kind of made that happen right yeah and so that was kind of like his joke on the people is to make this dude famous right yeah yeah so it's interesting that is interesting yeah i that movie that documentary exit through the gift shop yeah. made a huge impact on me really i mean it still feels relevant to talk about. Yeah, it's yeah, totally. Pretty old. Totally, yeah. Well, I ran into Mr. Brainwash in, uh, six years ago. Oh, you did? He seemed happy. Oh, he did? Well, you know, I would be happy too if I was making that much money, but I think a yeah. true artist, I don't know. To me... Is a true artist ever happy? I don't know. Can you be, can you be happy? Can you live a life... That is devoid of suffering and still be an artist. <laughs> you know, I, I think that part of what makes an artist um, a good artist is the breadth of his experience or her experience, and um, the breadth of that experience is a little bit of suffering, and then you can create from that suffering because you have the the empathy to create from that suffering. Yeah. And uh, that contrast of emotion that you experience uh, is what you're articulating in your art, you know. So yeah. maybe Brainwash is happy, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there it is. I, I know that, um, you know, I, uh, I'm thankful. I would describe myself as thankful, but not, you know, in the constant state of bliss, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah thankfulness is all you need yeah and and awareness that you know you shouldn't you know if you laugh too much it hurts yeah (laughs) yeah laughing is just like the the opposite of crying but it comes full circle sometimes where you're laughing pain yeah cry and happiness yeah yeah it's um it's interesting you know, just to think about all the characters on the stage of life, you know, and how really every person, uh, we, we, I think the media kind of hypes up specific people, but in a way, if, if you take the time to meet people and talk to them, get to know them, you realize how the media props up these people, destroys these people, mocks these people, you know, they're like the victim, like look at Marilyn Monroe. You know, just a, a goddess of a spirit, right? Yeah. Didn't survive, you know, and 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 they yeah. know, and so it's almost 
like uh but if you meet people you get to know them they're their own stars you know that's one thing i learned yeah. as, as a teacher is you get to know kids and you're like wow this kid and, and every kid's that way every person is that way yeah every person is a star in my opinion i agree and and how do you get them to believe it yeah right yeah because we're all there's not that much i mean everyone is unique but in terms of just like what we are we're all the same we're all human we all sort of go through the same processes right and that goes back to the idea of being transparent where i feel like i mean i think it's definitely i think it's transforming uh at a pretty fast rate but my pursuit of being transparent and honest Mm -hmm. resulted in being you know excommunicated and rejected yeah but it's only because of other people's rejection of their own uh acknowledgement that they feel these things too Mm. or they go through these things too which might not be painted as societally acceptable or um i'll play your music while you sing okay great uh (laughs) (laughs) these things that can you hear what i'm playing I can't. Oh, cool. It's just beautiful. <laughs> you're great. You're well, great you know, I'll tell you this. One of the most valuable things I learned as a teacher is that um, we, the human mind, it learns, um, it thinks in concepts, not words, right? And when you understand that the human mind works in concepts, it, it's, you change the way you think about everything. For example, you know, you might have a kid painting, right? And a kid might paint something. And the whole point is to keep the energy going for the learning, right? So you say, oh, great job. They might be holding the pencil wrong or do something wrong, according to you. But they're not really doing anything wrong. Right. The, the purpose is to get them to keep doing it and say, oh, try this, try that, try that. Yeah. But so the problem is, is if you don't see the concept of the spiraling up and you tell the kid, yeah, that's, kinda, that's not very good, that could be enough to make the kid go home and just quit. Right, and not want to do it ever again. Right, and so if you understand the concept of learning is just about the process and enjoying the process yeah. and thinking long term in terms of the performance, yeah, then you're you're not really going to criticize a kid for doing what he's doing yeah. because uh, they need encouragement, and you have to create the structure for that encouragement. And the way the system is structured now, you have 35 kids per class. You know, yeah. 40 in some cases, and then you throw in some, you know, you see half of their faces, they see half of your face, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, throw in some, uh, you know, a lot of pressures, and, and it becomes like an untenable learning environment. That, yeah. That is really, I don't think parents should tolerate it anymore. Yeah, I agree. Because the whole thing is like, your value and self-esteem as a person is based on your GPA or what facts you know. And I see yeah, people doing totally. this all the time, trying to like prove that they're worth something by what they know or, or, or what they've memorized yeah. or whatever. Or, being, or the whole concept of being right. Like, uh, right. you know, like there are some kids, you need to correct their work. They're like, well, you know, it's still right to do it the way I did it. I go, yeah, but it's still a little more clear if you do it this way. Yeah, but my way is right. I'm right. I'm like... You know, this whole concept of right and wrong could creates tension because those those kids have been, you know, you don't get to raise them. They just arrive in your classroom with those attitudes. And you're like, okay. 
and, and, and you think, man, they've been brainwashed, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 so you you're dealing with these these uh, the unlearning of learning and the whole approach is like you don't have these malleable minds anymore already in like seventh grade they're already giving you this resistance and they're buying into the system of uh, yeah of uh, some people are bad some I'm great I'm right I'm right it's that programming in the background like I'm right I'm right I'm right and it's right. like you know. If we're these little computers walking around and we have our own movies, whatever's right for me is right for me. Whatever's right for you is right for you. Right. If you need to be told you're right, where did that come from? Right. right. Let's learn behavior. Right. And what's going on behind that need to be right? Like, Yeah. I mean, who so cares if you're right? I mean, you know, when you go to Disneyland, you don't think I'm right. You know, <laughs> you're just having a good time. Right, and you're not thinking about being right, and I think that what's the best design is the best question. Like, what's the best design? And you're not necessarily gonna think of those answers, but you should be able to ask people questions about how to get to the best design. Um, should like that girl, in my opinion, should have been like, you know, so why why did you ask me to change it? Uh, well, because. And if you rebuild these sentences, this is a little more clear, don't you think? Instead, it was like, yeah, it's a little more clear, but I'm still right. And so then you're like, you know, you only have so much time to walk around and debate with kids, right? <laughs> so, yeah, or so, adults. Yeah, yeah, or adults. So, yeah. so it's like, it's like uh, you know, you have to say like, okay, you know, um, maybe give class a little talk about that, but... Even then, that's not enough. I mean, you can't give them a little talk. And, you know, everyone, everyone's, like, has deeply ingrained values. Yeah. So yeah. much of them are just, yeah, sort of like conditional self-worth, conditional value. Right. Where and you it, get defensive about being wrong or anything that could, like, trigger that idea that you're not okay. You're not. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a, um. You know, and now with technology, you know, the way, well, I think I noticed every two years, like, the eighth graders would say the sixth graders were crazy because every two years, it's like a different generation was raised on a different app, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, right? So yeah. it's like they're all like, oh, those them sixth graders are really crazy. And then by the time they, they become eighth graders, they're like, well, those sixth graders are crazy, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. they, they, they all, our society is changing so quickly yeah. that we really have to... As adults, we have to come up with a plan to create the structure so we're not thinking that, you know, people two years away from us are crazy because they were raised completely by a completely different app, right? Right, right. I mean, that that triggers my insecurity as well, where I'm like, am I relevant? Am I going to be able to be relevant enough to find some sort of audience right. who can give me money so I can survive? <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, and it makes it, it yeah it triggers my insecurity. But the weird part about that is like that really has nothing to do with my success or failure. Mm -hmm. My own belief in myself, my own conviction, my own passion and communication of passion is what holds value, even if not all of my references are going to hit with everyone. Like, right, right. There's 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 a completely separate aspect of being human that doesn't revolve around. Uh, societal memes right or things like that yeah i mean 
on some level, you, you always got to know who you're talking to. You can't just go up and just talk to someone like it, it's everyone, right? Yeah, Like okay. when you're in Paris, you know, people there are different, right? When you're in Los Angeles, Orange County, Long Beach, right? Different parts of Los Angeles. It's like you, you got to know who you're talking to. And that's part of the wisdom you get is a, is a person seeking wisdom, <laughs> you know? Yeah, wow. I mean, Beautiful. I'm going to check my... Uh, my parking situation because I don't want to get parking. Oh, yeah, how yeah. long? What time is it? It's uh four forty two. Four forty two. Nice. Um, I'm gonna create a little bit of dead air. Cool. Well, I'll use it to drink water too. Um. Yeah, I guess that is something that I. I was very focused on that. Very naturally good at that. For a mm -hmm. long time, just knowing who I'm talking to. Right. Um, and then I sort of lost my sense of self through that. Mm -hmm. Kind of got into like a sort of people pleasing, trying to manipulate people so they would like me or not be mean to me. Mm -hmm. it, it sort of went from having like a natural inclination to be able to communicate with all sorts of people to then like... Yeah, using that in a way that's like subtly manipulative or yeah. defensive. But then now, recently, I've been on sort of the opposite kick where yeah. I'm like so focused on my own genuineness and my own truth that right. I'm not like, I'm not lubed up in terms of that sort of communication. Yeah, you know, it's uh, what you talk, what you describe is, well, I felt that way too. You know, I felt, I've been, I've gone through my people pleasing stages, you know. I, you know, and, and what you learn from that is that uh, no matter what you do, people aren't going to be happy, right? Right. And so, um, like, your vibe is your tribe, right? That's kind of like why I moved to Venice is because I love playing battle tennis and and, uh, and then the people there are, are, you know, genuine, imperfect people who are comfortable saying whatever they want, you know, and, and then I thought, wow, you know, I could do Venice Beach, you know, I could, I could, I could just, and so, um, just getting to know some of the, uh, unhoused people in the area, um, and, uh, asking them questions and talking to them and, and bringing in people who I work with before and research, um, I, uh, f figured out, uh, the spot ground zero for optimistic is going to be Venice Beach because I live there and I know it. And I know the people and and uh, I'm inspired by it. Um, so I think uh, um, I think uh, I think it's a it's it's when I went to Paris, I, everyone always when you go into all these like apparel shops. And and they, the shirts would say California, all, all Los Angeles, and, and I asked one of the ladies in the kids store, I was like, "So what is it with all this California stuff? I mean, Paris is a cool, Paris is what's cool. I'll I mean, say, why, yeah. why why is it why does everyone care about California?" And and she told me California is the coolest thing in Paris, and I, and I was thinking to myself, maybe it's the idea of what California is like from the images, right? Yeah. But when you get to California. Um, what you realize is that there's 
the image of the French of California is inaccurate because when they arrive, they're like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, um, California just has the best marketing. Well, accidental market. I mean, the great weather. I mean, it is an amazing place to yes. live. It is a special place. But but is it, but the thing is though is that it can be that great, but you have to create structure for it, and and so yeah. that that's what my aim is is to create a really uh, as mayor just create um, sort of. Uh, I've been talking to. The, Architects, as you were there, we were talking to those architects about the vision of Los Angeles beginning in South Los Angeles and uh, creating these initiatives like Blacks to the Future. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that 72% of people are homeless are black. Um, they've had these um, discrimination with um, mortgages moving in in certain neighborhoods. I mean, yeah, the, racism. The, the black culture has really had, has been crippled by subtle forms of racism over many years. Yeah. And, uh, um, and I think that if we just focus on the in-house community and just, um, that will be 72% of them will be black. And, and that, that will be, or going to the South Central and doing construction, uh, ambitious construction projects there that transform those communities and uh, kind of eliminating the red tape to do these amazing things um, is going to just serve the underrepresented to, underrepresented to, um, to transform Los Angeles. And that, when you serve the underserved, you're, you're going to be serving the black community. Yeah. It's not really about race. It's about the underserved, and that just happens to be yeah. a lot of black people. Yeah, and so that has to that has to be addressed in a in a fair way. Yeah, in a non objectifying way. There's like plenty of uh, of stuff going on which is presented as he like helping end racism or or not racism mm. but it still comes from a place of objectifying someone as a different race and not just seeing them as an individual or a human like right yeah yeah because because you know the media creates a lot of these imagery right and and what we see is you know the media uh doesn't really do it on purpose. I mean, it's just yeah. just a uncontrolled narrative of the perception of people, and uh, and it's really nobody's fault. Right. But people can be taught how to be more aware and and improve yes. everybody's living situation. Yes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it's just a matter of. Uh, Using our creativity to to work the reality to make things um, to restore yeah. what has not been you know what has been a disenfranchisement of a entire culture and a culture that's really really struggled and continues to struggle and is is hurt and is still dealing with an incredible amount of fairness. Yeah. And uh, that can't be ignored. Yeah.
Yeah, absolutely. But it also shouldn't not be used to reciprocate your own sense of self-hatred or uh, sort of codependent kind of ideas that you need to overextend yourself to write these things mm-hmm. there's i think it's like a there's like a, a subtlety there where some things just reciprocate what's already it just like sort of redigests what's already wrong mm-hmm. instead of finding the route to moving on and moving right. through well, the, the problem is that there's no structure to change things, right? And and there's no right. clarity how to change things. So the right. goal of Optimistic is to create a structure, an organic structure to change things, and that is you invest in these communities and you do cool stuff. And, and you just, all the cool stuff that you're going to do in L.A., you start in those communities. And everyone from the affluent communities say, I want one of those too. I want, I want this amazing thing too i want these cool facilities these amazing things these architects these imaginary architects are going to build i want that too and so it's just kind of starting starting backwards right starting uh that backwards of what has been done in the past yes yes yeah so, staying true to that uh genuine resonance yeah. from the beginning yeah nice yeah if you're in los angeles vote for this man <laughs> i'm not an official candidate now i should say Wait, you, you um, are? I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Um, Wait, you are? I'm not, you I'm not, not an official okay. candidate. Okay. Um, um, I, right now, I'm waiting right now to, uh, um, to be ready. That's, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. What, a, what an amazing thing to say. <laughs> so, so much the opposite of, of the general politics. Well, well, the thing is, though, is, is since I've never done politics before, I kind of realize there's all these things that I really have to, you know, you know, before I start start accepting money, I, I really want to know what I'm going to do, and and because all these nonprofits, you know, you give them so they get so much money, but there's there, and within them there is these highly paid executives, is all these, um, you know, someone told me that out of seventy five dollars, ten dollars actually gets to the people for some of these organizations. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but I think that you got to kind of wonder, it's just like war, you know, how much money mongering is going on here, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, part, of, part of the problem is, is, is people, people have money issues personally, right? And, they, and you, put them to run com- <laughs> you put them to run companies. And if you haven't been cured of your need or greed for money and things and wanting more and more stuff and more and more land, more and more whatever you want right you you shouldn't be um receiving money from for for the homeless because you're going to be like well i'm gonna pay myself five hundred thousand dollars i'm gonna and and so i think you have to be like um sort of like a not a money hungry person to create a pure system of transparency because um what the great thing about blockchain and in this currency is that you know when you give someone a dollar or of this currency or the value of this currency, you'll be able to tell where that money went exactly to that person's yes. pocket. Where did it end up? There's like a paper trail for every penny. Right. And the right? paper trail is not owned by a certain person who can influence the right, paper trail. Right. Or- and everyone knows where everything goes that comes in. And so we want to create the structure where money that comes in, there'll be, it'll come with a narrative. 
I mean, well, yeah, you know, so it's it's a, it's it's like a vision to end corruption. Um, Plato's Republic, in there, and there it's discussed that uh, Plato says that if if transparency did exist, if there was a tool for transparency, which there is, cameras, right? But financially, it's blockchain. Yep. If uh, you could do that, then every person would act virtuously. Yes. Because of that transparency. Yes. Because they know that everybody would know what they're doing. Yes. And so and that this, is... This is what can change. It doesn't have to be money. It can be any area of life. That function creates massive change and balance. Right. And a lot of our normal, basic human processes are seen as embarrassing or not uh, socially acceptable to talk about. Right. And the more that we come back to just acceptance of ourselves as humans and able to communicate uh, hol holistically and transparently without uh, manipulating ourselves to appear attractive or appear a certain way. Yeah, I mean... The better attractiveness is authenticity i think you know, yeah the the it's the people who who have these um sort of these this blockage you know they're kind of like you know we've got this uptight vibe like mm, i can't believe you said that you know like it's kind of like oh you you it's like that dude from the office you know my stapler you know what's that yeah, the, yeah. the office space <laughs> you move my stapler you're gonna fire me you know it's kind of like it's like uh we're all kind of you know have blockages you know yeah. and and so this is this is something that you know you shouldn't be expected to do it right away it's a whole growth process but what i found is i've kind of worked on myself to prepare this concept of being myself being myself uh being yourself is perfection right yeah. and um yeah and sometimes you have to um, when when things come up, you gotta be able to, you know, talk about it, uh, yep. and, and and as a storyteller, but not just be like, screw all of you, yeah, I did that, you know. It's just kind of like you gotta know how to deliver the story, right? And yeah. sometimes it's good timing, and sometimes it's not good timing, and sometimes it's out of your control, and sometimes within your control. And I do consider art the ultimate form of politics i mean yep because it's it's uh it's conceptual right yeah and that's how the human mind thinks and concepts yeah 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 and the more sort of uh forgiving you can be of yourself when you do things with bad timing <laughs> uh, easier it is to know what good time is. <laughs> yeah exactly more worried you are how about can you know failing? one is without the other right yeah yeah uh, you know, I gotta use the bathroom. Is that? Yeah, are we almost done here. Or? Yeah, we're done. Uh, okay, <laughs> thanks for coming. <laughs> really? Thank you. Yeah, thank okay. you so much for being here. I really appreciate hey. you and sharing your wisdom and message. And seriously, uh, remember Los Angeles Mayor Instagram. Yeah, is there anything else you want to like plug or anything? Just thank you. You know, I just want to say thank you for having me, and um, I'm inspired by your uh, your journey here. I'm inspired by your studio and everything you got going on here. I see someone who's with incredible amount of dedication here. So, Thanks. you know, I'd be happy to, you know, 
talk to you in the future, you know, about your opinions on things and how to build structure for people like you who have this dream of having their own voice that, that you know, finds its audience over time, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, but it starts just with finding your own voice, which everyone yeah. can do, totally. should have the opportunity to do. Yeah, this, these, I want to show, um, these, these, we're, one of the initiatives we're doing is, is, is in the, in the virtual world we're creating in the learning management system all our items are unique like we're taking thrift finds customizing and the characters in that world are going to be able to have their own and like for example this will sell as nft art this item here yeah the first buyer will get this and and then and and then the jpeg will be the digital file that the characters in optimistic world can wear so so for example this that's a great idea. This uh, this little stencil item here, uh, Kobe inspired, um, <laughs> is uh, is how how we begin to build our world is through creations by the people, and uh, if people buy your items in the world, then that's how you make money. But yeah. Optimistic itself is a nonprofit, uh, so we're just a, a neutral structure for people to make money and to make hopefully a living yes amazing uh eventually and once you know we get there i keep talking about the longer vision but your the, the first thing is to to begin with the basic needs of the homeless in venice yes and uh um to to begin that journey and we'd like to create nft art of their journey and that nft art which looks like a little plot line with a climax and everything, will be something that people will be able to fund in the auctions and fund the entire return of the individual back to their life, take yes. two of their life. Yes. Amazing. So, anyway, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> cool. Well, stuff. thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, if you got to pee, the bathroom's yeah, on the yeah, left. Thank you. Cool, Hey, cool sunglasses yourself. <laughs>